0: Hello, this is your boy Ocho, and welcome to the Health and Swell podcast. What's up, guys? We got a really fun one today. I sat down with my good buddy, Mason. Honestly, this guy is such a good guy, man. Like, man, after after listening to this podcast, you just want to, like, hang out with this dude, maybe ferment some stuff. But yeah, you definitely got to check out this conversation. We really get deep into the whole life situation, uh, gardening, fermenting, uh, animal nutrition, and regenerative agriculture it's a really interesting story um conversation and his story is incredible so hope you enjoy it yo mason dude how are you dude what's
1: up how you doing justin
0: i'm good man you look like you're enjoying it man you're on the beach
1: yeah i'm fucking chilling man it's <laughs> to surf sesh we're grilling some stuff man we got some my some ties we're chilling
0: <laughs> that's awesome dude man like you gotta get some coconuts and just fucking start you know whacking them with the machete just
1: hacking away <laughs> yeah just going the all coconut diet talk about
0: social distancing i don't see anyone else around man it's good yeah man so yeah man you're doing all right during these trying times i know it's um it's pretty wild but you holding up all right yeah i'm holding up man i'm staying i'm staying busy
1: i uh i like i feel like i can't stay idle I'm always just like, ah, oh, let's go do that.
0: Let's, let's try that out. Let's make this. Oh, dude, I feel you, man. It's like I never knew I could be this productive. I mean, I, I, I've had different times where I've kind of been like some days are like I'm never really low, but some days are just like, uh, and then other days I'm just like like this crazy hamster. Wake up and, and go. Money.
1: Yeah, man, I feel you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely similar in that. Like sometimes I wake up and just feel like I'm going to accomplish a lot today and then just start yeah. just going and, and then all of a sudden it's like nine nine o'clock at night and you're like oh where'd that day go
0: yeah straight up man it's crazy um yeah. yeah we're gonna get into a lot of stuff like it's good to catch up with you man um this will be more like a conversation to anyone listening which is good i like these ones but um i guess to start mason like introduce yourself a little bit about you really intro to mason and uh, how you yeah, got man. on the <laughs>
1: Yeah. All right. So, uh, hello everyone. Um, I'm Mason. Justin and I met at White Oak Show last year at uh at White Oak Pastures um, for our mutual love for I guess Paul Saladino and <laughs> the whole carnivore carnivore movement and all the all the health and and just awesome people that were there. Um, that was yeah. such a such a cool weekend. Really bummed we missed that this year.
0: Yeah, I'm, um, but yeah I'm hoping they, they um sorry just quick I'm hoping they um no, you're good I hope they reschedule like I think they are but anyway
1: yeah probably probably um uh, speaking of what a pastor I just got a, a meat order in like two days ago that I put that's in that's awesome all the goodies man beef tongue and pancreas and a whole duck oh. and some lamb
0: fuck
1: yeah. yeah I'm excited to make all that <laughs> all right so yeah well, I guess We'll see. My story. Where do I start? Um, so I'm in the Coast Guard. So I'm an active duty military. I graduated from the Coast Guard Academy um, after high school, studying electrical engineering. Um, I did two years as an officer on a 270 foot boat down in Key West, Florida. Uh, so not a bad gig. Living in Key West. Look, look kind of like this, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I was an engineer on that boat, and then I applied for uh, a basically advanced education program with the coast guard. Uh, I got accepted. I applied to Georgia tech here in Atlanta for a a, a master's degree in electrical engineering. So I've been doing that for the last two years. I I just finished my master's in both electrical engineering. I picked up a second master's in environmental engineering.
0: That's awesome.
1: Um, Yeah, man. Uh, so may, may 1st, I just graduated. Um, and now I'm currently posted up in Atlanta at my mom's. In well, Roswell, if anyone knows Atlanta, but just the suburbs of Atlanta, waiting until sort of this, the quarantine ends a little bit, and then I'm moving to DC uh oh, to shit! for, the, yeah, man, um, to work for the Coast Guard uh, in a department called Marine Safety Center. It's like marine inspections related, like electrical plan reviews for ships. That's
0: um, that's cool, man. I had no idea. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. So, like, my job, my work totally different from my interests and hobbies. um, Because being in grad school, you know, you have your classes, I have, you know, my four classes a semester sort of thing, but I had all my spare time to sort of work on me, Um, right? I was fortunate enough to work for the Coast Guard, they pay me a salary, so I don't have to work on the side, right? So, it's a really cool program to to pay for my schooling and pay me a salary, and I just got to go to school and do well, you know, and then I can pursue all my own interests, so. That's the last great. few years, I've definitely had like the growth mindset of like never wanting to squander a day, you know, like I look, I look at this two year experience as like, dude, you're never going to have an opportunity where you're getting paid to go to school and you have free time to pursue like passions. So I was like, don't waste it. So that yeah. was kind of my, my, yeah, that kind of my motivating factor to like, get me up and just keep, keep up going, you know?
0: Dude, that, so, that to me is awesome. Um, you think you're like army training, um or military training, you think that's helped shape you into like this more like that that exact attitude?
1: potentially, yeah, because it was it definitely instilled into me something different than maybe the average person has gone through. I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but like, you know, going to like a boot camp style thing for eight weeks, uh it definitely like I don't know, it gets you kinda of hungry for like learning and and like moving forward and and pursuing more rather than yeah. like again like that staying idle isn't like
0: something i enjoy doing dude it's the worst i hate it too man like i've i've honestly noticed on days where like yeah sometimes we're gonna have those days where we're a little less productive like we were talking about that before we hit record i think but like i find the days that i'm like getting shit done like by well, at the end of the day i'm just like all smiles and i'm like yeah like i feel better you know yeah. what i mean
1: where it's like other days, like, yeah, if we
0: can, yeah,
1: if we can have like more of those days, I mean, that's like, that's like what a beautiful life is, right? Where I you can agree. look back and like, see the fruits of your labor, you know, um, yeah. whether it's from a, like a health standpoint, like you could see your body transforming or in, like in our, both our cases, we'll talk probably about it later, but our gardening you can see what you've planted, you'll eventually see fruits sort of yeah. thing, It's literally the fruits of your labor.
0: Dude, um, so yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about all that stuff and like prepping is what people are are calling it now, but whatever. If the apocalypse yeah. is coming, I'm ready, man. But um, I just wanna <laughs> ask. So, environmental engineering that is interesting. So, what yeah. exactly have you been working on with that? Like what? Like, give a little like rundown of what that is for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. That.
1: So, so, and I chose environmental engineering because I was like, okay, I'm studying electrical, basically. The Coast Guard required me to go full-time at, the, at Georgia Tech. And what that means is you have to take 12 credit hours per semester. But I'm there for five semesters. That's 60 total credit hours. You only need 30 credit hours for a master's degree. And I was like, so I could get 60 credit hours, only 30 for a master's degree. Let's just get two master's degrees. Like, why waste that opportunity? So like, okay, what other, what other study could I pick up? I thought about mechanical engineering. It's, mechanical engineering is tough. It's interesting, but I don't have a background in fluids and and, uh, thermodynamics and stuff for it. So environmental engineering, it made sense. It coupled well with like electrical engineering in terms of like green energy and also with the Coast Guard because the Coast Guard is sort of an environmental uh, service, right? So I was like, all right, let's choose that. I applied that program, got in. And those classes were very much about you know, a lot, a lot of like air and water related engineering, like, you know, I took an air pollution course. I took a sort of, it was, it was called physiochemical properties, but it was was about like the, you know, the properties of water and, you know, how, like, what is flocculation and coagulation and different filtering methods and membranes and stuff like that. I took a sustainable engineering course, which just taught you about all the different sort of greenhouse gas emissions. And, And that class was, I mean, don't get started on 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 like the teaching quality because sometimes the teachers in grad school were just not up to par from my opinion but at least the material was interesting because this is about the same time I was getting passionate and interested in like regenerative agriculture and like how our food is grown and what is and what isn't contributing to sort of you know the environmental impact and you know I remember in that class they were still demonizing like cattle cause 20% of the, you know, I was gonna the, ask. the carbon cool. emissions. And, and I'd like raise my hand. I'd be like, Hey, are they differentiating between like CAFO livestock and like grass fed, grass finished, like pasture livestock? And, and basically I think that the, the teacher's response was like, Oh, there's not enough of the re- like the pasture livestock to make any <laughs> difference. And so like, no, like <laughs> we don't differentiate between the two. It's all cattle. bad. <laughs>
0: Dude, okay, uh, let's go on this tangent, Ben. I don't know if you've noticed, but you know how Joe Rogan had Joel Salatin on his podcast recently? Yeah, dude, I just
1: listened to that one the other day.
0: I genuinely feel, I think regenerative agriculture is about to become the norm. Like, I actually feel that's what's going to happen, which is crazy to really? think about, but like, I think what's happening, dude, is they're one with what's going on. I mean, you'll see what's going on in the States right now, like these packaging plants or these processing plants. Are getting
1: yeah.
0: COVID outbreaks and they're closing down. It's a
1: whole supply chain disruption,
0: right? And look, I, I won't go too conspiratorial, but there, there, I think there's a lot in that, like with um, financial interests and everything. But I think what's happening yeah. now is a lot of these, I don't know, corporations or elites or whoever are looking at this and saying, "Wait a minute, if we put up these small community-based processing plants and we give people." regenerative like well-grown food that's going to increase the price of food and then if that's kind of like the main option for people like they're going to make money on that too so it's kind of like maybe we don't need to do it the other way and it's like i think too it's it's being driven by demand because i mean people are interested in like you know sustainability and gardening Mm -hmm. and so i think it's very interesting and i'm all for it And, and it I mean, Joe Rogan, you heard he just signed like a $100 million deal with Spotify.
1: With Spotify? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: I didn't so, know the price point on it. I just knew he was transferring over,
0: but wow. It's, um, I think the shit has happened, man. I think this is like another tangent altogether, but like, I think the mainstream media now is like the Joe Rogans of the world, or like the London Reels, or all these like, I think we're, we're going into this new era, and it's like Joe Rogan is talking about regenerative agriculture, that's a huge deal, man. Like that's freaking – that means it's pretty much hit the mainstream. And I've noticed too yeah. on my phone, man, even Google is sending me fucking regenerative agriculture things. And usually Google, <laughs> all they send me is stories about how the vegan lifestyle changed people's lives. And I'm like, hmm, what are you trying
1: to <laughs> do here? But, oh, yeah. my God. That's great, man. Yeah, I'm listening right now to Joel Salatin's book on uh, – audiobook, uh, Folks, This Ain't Normal. I've kinda of gotten on a Joel Salatin kick. He's kind of my hero right now. He's a um like I'm convinced dude, he's the total G man. Just like this libertarian farmer who yeah. like just just like a religious man, but like believes in, you know, the power of pasture raised animals and like uh So, so what, where'd I get, yeah, so I listened to Joel Sullivan on, on Rogan. I was like, I've heard of him in the past from The Omnivore's Dilemma, Michael Pollan. I don't know if you've heard of that one.
0: So what's that about The Omnivore's Dilemma?
1: The Omnivore's Dilemma was a book written by Michael Pollan that just, it basically outlines the central question that all humans deal with is what do I eat? You know, and it's this dilemma of being an omnivore where when you can eat anything, like you don't really know what to eat, right? It's like, if you're a cow, you know what to eat. If you're, you know, maybe, you know, a lion, you know what to eat. It's like, but us and like rats are a good example of another omnivore. Like we share the same thing of like, we can eat anything. So then it's like, okay, well then you get into like the fact that we're higher intelligent creatures. So sort of, we have different focuses in how we eat. You know, we have the chefs of the world who who focus on taste and flavor or yeah. color right God, and then sure. you have the health and then you have the health people have the health conscious people of the world who focus on nutritional density maybe we fall into that category where we want to say like
0: yeah, i'm going to yeah, choose what i want to
1: eat yeah i want to choose what i want to eat based on you know i know liver is like my multivitamin right and uh, yeah. i want to pick meat that was raised correctly so you've got all these different focuses um and so then it becomes hard to choose in the, in the food market we're in because, dude, like, it, it gets so complex in this book, but it's really interesting. Like he starts off yeah. in what, I guess, Iowa is the corn state, or is it Idaho? I always mix the two no, up. No, Iowa is
0: corn, Idaho is potato.
1: Okay. So he starts out in Iowa, and he takes you down, like, the history of corn, how it was, like, became a commodity crop, how it subsidized. Uh, how it was oversupplied in like the mid 20th century and what that's caused now, how we use it as a biofuel and it's, you know, more calories are put in than it actually comes out. Uh, same thing with food, you know, it's like takes 15 calories or something for every one calorie of food we that we consume and, and get in this country. So, uh, and he's just like kind of breaking down these systems and how they're just very uneconomical. They're, they're not sustainable um, mm-hmm. I think you'd really like it because he he like you know it, it gives you the full picture about what's going on. So he follows the corn. He then he goes down to like, whatever Oklahoma or like in the South in these cattle ranches, and now he's like kind of following the cows and and how they're just consuming corn. Uh, yeah. And and then he he so he's in the industrial type of uh, or, uh model for food, then he kind of goes into the organic, uh, uh industry because like shines a light on the fact that organic is it's better than non-organic but at this point it's kind of turned into another marketing term and it doesn't mean it's not the polyface farm or the or the white oak pastures anymore it's this industrialized version that just don't doesn't use chemicals maybe or or as much chemicals still some levels of chemicals right but doesn't mean it's the best
0: uh yeah i i agree man like i um I, I think that's why I started the garden, um, is because, well, one, I think it's a good time to do it, but two, it's like, you can get organic vegetables at, let's say, a market even, and it's like, yeah, well, what does that mean? It's like, I think the only thing that makes it organic is something like, they don't use certain pesticides or something like that, but like... Yeah,
1: yeah, and there's, and there's still allowed to use some, just some that are labeled, like, more organic,
0: Yeah, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm. Um... Plus you got to think of like the, the travel, the travel time, uh, which is super interesting thinking about like most of our fruits and vegetables are made in like California and shipped yes. over, you know, shipped to Georgia here. Right. Or, or in January, you can get strawberries in Boston that are from mm-hmm. like what, Chile or something.
0: I don't think and we should be like, not a, in the winter. I, really it, don't.
1: It, I mean, our ancestors didn't. So there's, a, there's definitely an argument for, for that you shouldn't, you know?
0: But that's why i think this is what the coronavirus what i actually think it's gonna affect food security and some people might not like it at first but i i honestly think what we could be seeing is that it's going to be more like local in terms of what food we can get like i'm in quebec i'm in canada in the winter like i'm wondering i don't think we're gonna have as much access to all the different like tropical fruits or avocados and stuff and for me i'm Mm -hmm. like i'm all for it i'm like that's great other people, though, I think yeah. I'm going to be a little little shocked by that, but I truly feel that's yeah, what's Yeah, they're gonna thrown happen. off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man, definitely. Do you, how do you usually, like, talk me through your food purchasing, like, how you source or where, yeah.
0: or how, so, like how much
1: you buy, how much you plan?
0: So, like, in the past, um, I'd always gotten from this farm, especially when I started on, like, the carnivore, or whatever, animal-based, or getting really into nutrition. We have a regenerative agriculture farm about, let's say, an hour away and they deliver it to the city. So I'm really, really grateful okay. and lucky about that. But That's since awesome. this since this started in the coronavirus thing, and I, the first like week that I got back, I was all like freaking out. Not like freaking out, like scared, but more just like I was in California and within the span of three days, I booked like flights to get back home two months before I was going yeah. to. So I was all like frazzled. So right away I got yeah. home and I'm like, all right, fuck it, I'm prioritizing food to the max now. And I'm just like, okay, half a lamb, and I just ordered all this food. And now I'm realizing, like, wait a minute. Like, this is what I care about. So I'm going to actually source my food from this farm. And, like, this month I'm getting a whole lamb. Let's see how long that lasts. And then I got a local butcher, and it's not, like, coming from regenerative agriculture, but I'm really not at the point financially where I can get my ribeyes from the farm, which are, like, 20-something a pound, right? Uh, yeah. But it's pretty good, it's pretty good it. meat. It's supporting a local butcher. Um, in Canada, we're a bit different when it comes to our conventional meat because I think we have more like pride or regulation. It's not as crazy as what it is in the States. Um, yeah. So it's pretty good. So I'll get like 30 New York strips from there. And then other than that, I'll get raw cheese from Italy or prosciutto. And then once a week Ooh. now that I'm eating more veggies and it's the summer and fruit, I'll just go to the market. Yeah. So I'm like, I prioritize food to the max. And also like, I'm lucky, like I rent an apartment in my parents' basement. Uh, so I'm paying my uncle rent. So I get a good like, cut on rent there. So I can good do discount, that.
1: yeah.
0: But like, yeah, moving forward, dude, I don't see myself like, my parents like, this is a good, what I think we're going to do now that I'm like, in the same house as my parents is like, they're like, yeah, we spent 1500 bucks on, on food last month. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense because I'm, I'm spending less than that. And I'm like really, I'm like prioritizing like crazy. And I said, look, we can get a quarter beef that's 180 pounds from the farm. And it's like only a bit over a thousand bucks. I'm like, I don't even need to take a cut. I'll put like 800 back, you know, because I know I'm probably need eat more meat than they will anyway. And I said, like, you guys should not be spending 1,500 a month. And it's like, it's cool that you said you're back with your mom for now. And it's like, a lot of people are doing that man. Mm-hmm during these times. I
1: yeah. think it's great, to be honest. Yeah, and the thing about, like, yeah, food costs, um, I forgot, it might have been in Salatin's uh, Folks to Say Normal book, but because I'm confusing all my sources of, of education, right, because I'm always just reading something, but, like, when you break down, like, either calorie for calorie, or, like, you know, pa- like, dollar per pound, right, that you're, uh, that you're, when you're buying, like, a quarter of a cow, or when you're buying, you know, go to one of these eatwild.coms and find local meat you can buy or a local farm you can purchase from. Like when it's, when you can take that route, man, and you're getting this nutritionally dense food, like a full, your full prof, uh, protein spectrum of like everything you need, right? Like those either gram for gram protein or pound for pound of just calorie, like you, they're actually sometimes a better deal than- yeah you know, the classic sort of low income family that says we can't afford healthy food, therefore we eat McDonald's. One, there's a whole argument about sort of hidden costs and things like McDonald's towards like the public health and stuff. But even a meal for a family of four McDonald's that might cost like 20 or $25 or something, like it may in fact be cheaper if you bought sort of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef. You yeah. just made a simple meal of ground beef, some tomatoes, some onions, and you know some wow. vegetables on the side. But because it's because it's unprocessed, you're buying the whole thing. You have to put in your work, your sweat equity, to turn it into a processed meal yeah. that is a delicious, you know, and nutritious processed meal, not this low calorie, low nutritional, already pre-processed and made meal. Like you've 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 sort of misprioritized uh, what what cheap. Or affordable means, right? If you're yeah. if you're saying no, I can't afford to eat that, you almost know, say you know you can't afford not to because that those costs are coming down the line. you are just pushing them off.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing with the states right now. That's like I'm allowed to get like a ribeye from this farm, right? But I know in the states that's not allowed everywhere. I don't know, if it, like in Georgia, you can get from white white oak pastures,
1: but yeah, it's, I'm it's curious little- how that works. Do you have to get licensed or some sort of certification to be able to sell direct to consumer?
0: Right. It's interesting. I don't know. It's it's very interesting, and that's why right now I think a movement, this is why I think regenerative agriculture is about to take over. It's because, like, it's needed right now. Unless unless everyone literally wants to live in a future with fake meat, half and half half meats, and fucking crickets only, like, we need to do something (laughs) now. Like, this, I realized yeah. that, like the sad thing I think in like eventually that is what it's going to is going to happen but we can delay it yeah. for a long time right now so our kids our grandkids and all of them get good food I think eventually that is going to happen unfortunately right
1: I think both of those worlds are probably going to exist but I just hope that there's like you're right like in the, like right now there are yeah. pushes for more of this regenerative because people are trying to push out the message and I mean, I only know me and maybe my small circle of influence, but like, I try to preach the message of, you know, like last time I was having a conversation with my mom's boyfriend that we were watching a a, a show. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen ugly delicious uh, with David Chang, but no. he's, you know, it's a whole steak episode and, you know, they're talking about cattle and, and in the show, like even my mom's boyfriend, he was like, yeah, like the methane's in the cattle. So the problem, and I, was like trying to explain. Like, like uh, only in the industrial model, only in the last hundred, you know, or fifty years, whatever, that has become the focus, right? Yeah. That like, you know, not not fossil fuels from cars or from you know HVAC systems and and all the like like electricity grid. Like we focus on like demonizing something that we've eaten and symbiotically evolved with us from whatever, like bison and like wild ox to like what we call the modern day cow like that's been sacred within like what we've used for food and and sustenance for, for millennia. And only now, all of a sudden when there's an environmental push that we want to demonize it, I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like this used to work. Like you can't have healthy soils. You can't have like a, a replenished landscape without grazing animals. Like it just makes sense, right? Like that grass acts as a pump. That continuously grows, gets eaten, pulls CO2 from the atmosphere, makes more roots, makes more cellulose, carbohydrates for that cow to then come back and graze. And it's just a cycle. And that Uh, methane that's burped out, it 10 years' life cycle in the atmosphere, turns to CO2, and then comes back into the grass. And it keeps going. It's a a closed loop.
0: People don't know that, man. Like, they they just, oh, man, I I want people to start researching more. Like, I'm not saying you gotta get. Like, you and I are real into it, but it's like it takes two minutes to find, like, stuff, like, if it's not being censored, and it's just like, yeah, like, I try to explain to yeah. people about the differences between a flow gas and a, what, what's the other one, like, carbon stays I know scared.
1: exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I always confuse the two, but you're right. One's a flow gas, and, and then one's one is like steady it's, gas it's, or something is flow the one that would be methane uh sort of reducing to co2 and then going into the grass and then coming out as methane burps again and then there's one that is like not a stock gas or something but it would be the idea of pulling pulling fossil fuels from the ground you know processing them into petroleum and then using them as to burn for you know whatever and that's now introducing carbon into the atmosphere that wasn't in it's not part of any cycle right like it's not going to go back in the ground turn into fossil fuels and then use petroleum again that takes thousands if not millions of years
0: and it's like like the climate change thing like of course everything that they say like we shouldn't pollute the earth fuck yeah like i'm all for that like we should do regenerative agriculture but it's like man here i'll I'll tell you a bit about this i don't want to i don't know too much about it but man it's looking like we're going through some crazy changes in like the earth like we might be going through this thing called a pole shift where literally our magnetic poles are are going to switch and apparently i've heard of that you think is that is that
1: possible or is that sort of a conspiracy thing
0: like no the conspiracy about it is people say like when that happens like weather's going to change dramatically there'll be volcanoes i don't know about that but no if you just look at the data yeah it happens quite often and it's just like well, not quite often, but it ha- it's happened, and it like, it, the poll happened before. Yeah, and, like, right now, apparently, there's, mm. like, magnetic weaknesses. Like, our magnetic field is weakening, and scientists are, like, okay. And we're going through a grand solar minimum, so the sun's at a very weak point, and that happens, like, every 100 years, and a pandemic happens when that happens every single time. And it's just, like, really. of course, they're saying climate change, global work, global, they don't really use that anymore, right, like, climate change, but, I'm telling you, man, like, it's super early. It's barely even summer here. But we're going through a heat wave in Quebec, and I don't know what it is, man, but it, all of a sudden, the weather just became perfect. Like, it's been perfect for now, like, two weeks, and I'm like, man, I have a feeling it's going to be, like, freaking December, late into December, and there still won't be snow this year, and then next year it'll be, like, even further. And then all of a sudden, the conspiracy <laughs> theory is like, like, where I'm from, with this pole shift we're gonna get hotter weather it's gonna be like California here and I'm just like I guess I don't know man but
1: <laughs> I mean I guess that'd be nice but I who, who knows crazy. but I don't know. This, I knows. think there's definitely some evidence about about extreme weather being yeah. sort of the problem right like we're getting we're getting higher highs lower lows and just greater fluctuations right yeah. um, and which which is what we would call climate right like the climate yeah. is changing well, uh, it, it, moisture it patterns is. are shifting.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah, coastal cities are like kind I'm of. Fucked. I mean, <laughs> they're not as fucked as like the original. I think hypotheses are like Miami would be underwater by 2010, but like
0: maybe or 20, 20, like all
1: 40? the all the maybe 2040 dude. Like I'm, I'm buying s- property in in Miami is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, man. Like apparently California's fucked and one of my buddies is super into this conspiracy shit and he sent me an article it's like this site where it's like doomsday like the top 10 safest places in the world and apparently in Quebec we're good because we're high ground and we don't have like oceans and stuff and it's like number one and I'm just like what's the day for Atlanta am I
1: fucked
0: I have no idea man like I didn't really look into it (laughs) because it's like you know I don't want to get too much into that until it's like bam it's reality like yeah. All this shit about like we spoke about this a while back, like all the shit about vaccines and Bill Gates, like whatever. I think I think a lot of things are coming to the surface now, and you just really have to be really, really like careful not to get into like the yeah Bill Gates he's he's Mr like puppeteer. It's like okay wait yeah, take Gates a step. Bill
1: Gates me in my sleep.
0: Yeah, it's like it's true. Bill Gates has a lot of like um money in a lot of places and he has a lot of power it doesn't mean he's a fucking puppeteer it's just like it's true we might be like this might be happening and basically what i'm trying to say is like there's truth in everything just don't there's all like people have agendas no matter what and you really gotta gotta look at something and be like okay what is really going on here always dig deeper and that's something i'm like trying to do every day and it's just like
1: always dig deeper that's a good one yeah. So you know see, what I find yeah. funny. My 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 dad and my brother and I will will laugh at this because like, Bill Gates had some mini series on like Netflix. I watched like, I don't know, nine months ago or a year ago or something. It was about like all the things him and the Melinda Bill the Bill and Melinda Foundation were working on, right? Like ending, uh, what was it, malaria in Africa, and they were working on a, like a, a nuclear like a new nuclear company. Uh, it was pretty cool. Like he was working on like admirable causes, right? Getting clean water for third world. But, and then like, so it's funny. He's sitting with like Warren Buffett and they're just like, like laughing and, and they're talking and he's like, like my favorite meal is a cheeseburger and a Coke or something. <laughs> and like the entire show too, you see him just drinking diet Coke, like in every wow. like little private, private scene where he's you know he's doing his sound bits. He's just drinking diet Coke and he's over here drinking diet Coke. And I'm like, you know, you you see his he takes these one week long trips like I don't know what he calls them like literary trips. He sits and he'll read like twenty books. He's wow. reading on like physics or he's reading on disease or he's reading on some like really grand topics. And okay, he, this man is becoming an expert. Uh, his 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 retention rates are high. Someone give this man a book on nutrition because yes. if your favorite meal is 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 cheeseburgers and you drink diet coke that much, like, and if you're going to be that much of an influence on the world you're shortchanging that influence by 25% maybe by shortening your time on earth. Like I watch these brilliant people that don't put health at the forefront because like all it takes is Bill Gates to have a heart attack. Is that what it takes for him to say, Oh shit. Like doesn't matter how much of an expert I am with computer chips, expert I am with software, expert I am with, you know, malaria uh, drugs, right? If I have heart disease, yeah, or vaccine, if I have heart disease or some sort of metabolic disorder that ends my life prematurely, it's all for nothing.
0: Yeah, no, that's the thing, man, like, I don't want to say boomers because that's not the way it's looking, but a lot of these people, (laughs) the old old school billionaires, they're trying to solve everything with pharmaceuticals or they're trying to solve everything with technology. And it's like, I'm pro- Pharmaceuticals, if needed, like, it. Even the vaccine thing, like, I'll question it with people, like, in a sense, like, I have no problem with vaccines. That's probably one of the most important things we've discovered, right? But it's yeah, like, yeah, it issue ended is,
1: like age-old diseases. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, if you look at like, people will say like, well, yeah, but our ancestors died at forty-five. It's like, yeah, childbirth deaths. They either got the, they fell and they hit their head on a rock, infectious diseases, infectious and diseases, you know, predators they survived to 45, they're living exactly the same amount of time that we are. That's, like, I forget what it's called, but it's so, sort of thing. And it's just, like, yeah, I want Bill Gates to get to, like, one day, just read a book on regenerative agriculture. And it's like we said, there's yeah, and money to billions be made there, into Bill.
1: That. Get Dude, billions Get Bill. that, man. Like, Bill, we need to sit Bill and Salatin down and have yeah. Salatin just fucking drop some knowledge on or Or Will, 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 Will Harris at, at White yes, is one of them, no, or like, uh, oh, what are some of the other ones, uh, Alan Savory, have you heard of yeah. that, the whole Savory Institute, yeah, I guess that's like a, like an, who is that, do you know more about, about that person, yeah, I've just like, heard his name, during a couple times.
0: he did a TED Talk, I think he was, the first, he's like, I think that's who, where Salatin, or Will Harris, like, they, they get all their inspiration, I think, from his work, and what they're doing, but they're making moves, man. Like that's what I'm saying. I truly want the future. Like make all the money you want, whatever. But make money on shit that's yeah. actually gonna make us healthy. And I'll I'll sh- I'll shut up a bit. You know, I'll, I'll I'll sit back and I'll say, okay, at least. And we're gonna get more problems always. But it's just like, I really, really, I just want like, and I'll 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 go on a little tangent here about like coronavirus. Quick, like you look at who's dying for yeah. this, man. It's comorbidities, obesity, diabetes, and it's just like Paul talks about this all the time. Like, fuck, man. Like, I don't want to force people to always eat a certain way or anything like that, but, like, why do we have chocolate bars and sodas as, like, a normal part of our our life? It's like, just get rid of that shit or at least highly regulate it, you know? Like...
1: Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of my point earlier about, like, food being cheap versus expensive. Like, a Snickers bar is way more expensive if you look at it by weight, then it's grass-fed ground beef, yeah, you know? exactly. And so, like, w- what what is expensive? Like, we treat these treats where they're really like cheats. They're just cheating us from the goals we actually want. Yeah. We look at you know we reward ourselves with them. I don't know, man. We're uh, we're a very backwards, misguided species. <laughs>
0: Well, we're also addicted, right? Like, sugar's an addictive. It's pretty much, like, more addictive. Just as addictive as, like, cocaine, apparently, which is obviously a problem.
1: Yeah. We're yeah, man, it has, like, the grows. same opi... It gives you the same, like, opioid, like, receptor response as yeah. opioids. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could personally say, like... I mean, even though I consider myself pretty disciplined in my food, you know, my friends will look at me and be like, Mason's weird. He's always <laughs> cooking steaks. He's making bone broths. He's fermenting, making kombuchas and homemade yogurts. But like, I still have, sometimes like post-meal, I'll have like a, a sweet tooth. But then I try to like acknowledge that and fill it with like some berries, some dark yeah. chocolate. Some, some honey and some tea or something, right? Like, not, yeah, not a bunch of cookies or cake or donuts or something. Something I know, I'll just, I feel shitty after. I feel my oh, energy yeah. is just like, it's almost like a sugar hangover.
0: Yeah, so on Christmas, it's and I, I, I say Christmas, but really it's like the 21st of December up to like, you know, January 1st, let's say, because I got all these things going on. Yeah. It's not every day, like some days I'll eat really healthy, But during that time, i say, okay, you're going to have cookies. You can do it like – I eat a lot of cookies because I love it. My mom makes good cookies. Everyone's making cookies. I fucking love cookies, dude. Yeah. So I'm like – at that time of year, I'm like, you go for it. But I swear to God, dude, January 1st, it was the last day. So I'm like, you know what? I want cookies. So I had like 12 cookies or something that day at my aunt's house. I was like, whatever. Like, it's all good. Like, Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to get back to it. I wasn't worried. Next day, dude, I swear to God, I had a cold. Like, my dad's like, really? how do you have a cold? I'm like, because I eat all this all this sugar and all these, like, cookies and stuff. Where it's like, what's crazy, dude, for me, like, personally, if I have kale or too much, like, certain vegetables, I'm not just going to get a cold. I'm going to get legit sick. Like, digestive issues. Uh, I'll have, like, That's interesting. Problems.
1: You think it's like an inflammatory response thing? Like, yeah, it's if you like know that. sugar is going to cause you to be inflamed and like the in- inflammation's like the root of all sort of disease yeah, it's kind of totally thing. That. Uh, I
0: messed up my ankle.
1: Then, then that's just
0: a Yeah, I messed up my ankle a while back, man, playing football a long time ago. And I to got if I have a lot of sugar one day or something or even alcohol which I guess you're sure than that too, right? Next day yeah. it'll start it'll it'll start acting up because of inflammation and it's crazy. It's just like, whoa it's wild yeah
1: that was saladino's thing when i i I just finished the carnivore code a couple weeks ago and like it was just cool that you know and it almost seems so obvious but when he says it so well that like he's like i believe because it's not accepted science yet but like i believe all inflammation or like all disease stems from inflammation but my inflammation is my inflammation is going to manifest differently than yours so yours might be in your brain, his might be in his skin and eczema. Yours might be in your joints, right? This person's is in their gut. Like, well, it all probably starts in the gut, but like it, it just manifests somewhere, yep. right? It's crazy. And, and then the 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 problem with Western science is they want to sort of l- l- like weed out and call this one type two diabetes and call that one eczema and call that one an autoimmune. And like whereas they might all have oh, the same source. True. Yeah, but, like, when we treat the body as, you know, you have a specialist, a gastroenterologist, you have a psychiatrist, you have a nutritional scientist. You you, you have experts in each individual body part where if it's one system that works together and just manifests d- d- disease in specific spots based on whatever, randomness almost, you can't treat it like, like a, you know, individual systems. It is one system. Yeah. Right? It's... I totally agree when you explained it like that.
0: I totally agree, man. Like, it's true, and people have been saying this forever. Food is diet medicine, like it really is. Like, we obviously we need pharmaceuticals for certain things. Like, we definitely need access to chemo if, like, nothing Mm -hmm. else can be done for someone with cancer. Like, insulin because once you get type one diabetes and your body can't produce insulin, like, unfortunately, like you 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 can help it with diet. You need insulin. You need it. Mm -hmm. You can help. Like, people have helped it with diet. But they will always need insulin because your pancreas just doesn't fucking create it, which is really unfortunate. But, like, I want to see – I want to see the pharmaceutical and how much power they have. I want that to be the food, agriculture industry, and everyone just healthy, man. That'd be great. And then, of course, there's still going to need for pharmaceuticals. But, like, man, everything's for profit these days. And it's just kind of like – I don't think everything needs to be about profit. I really don't. Like, not everything. You know.
1: well it's it's like it's like you know if you're that's why the industrial farm existed in terms of maximizing yield at at every expense to the land as possible, right like the whole tragedy of the commons right if I can just rape the land and rape natural resources to maximize my you know livestock yield, I will always do so like under a capitalist system where I can always make more money for putting more animals in a smaller area right and using sort of shared resources to raise them where none of us really see the downside it's sort of distributed amongst society like that is the tragedy of the common threat that like that model will continue without bounds until the the, the the system you're within breaks right there is no other option right so unless you start to prioritize like you know let's say you're a sort of government entity and instead of Sort of incentivizing yield you incentivize uh you know the nutritional density of your food the how carbon neutral how close to carbon neutral or carbon negative you are right like you and then you i guess you have to incentivize that monetarily but like you focus on that not the exact opposite where we subsidize the most depleting agricultural practices like monocarb cultures just because that's what we've done that's what lobbyists have sort of pushed for big food lobbyists, right? Like it's such a backwards and unsustainable system. Like, I don't know, I don't know what it takes to turn that around, but it's like some people understand it and see how it only trends downward. And that like over all of human history, you know, you could see that like, this is the talk about in the Omnivore's Dilemma, that sometimes you saw the greatest civilization that didn't make it, you ask why? Sometimes it came down to things like depleting all your natural resources, depleting your your aquifers and your watershed, and or depleting your soil even. Just once you deplete, it, or deplete your soil to the point where you can't you can't sustain the population, that's the fall of your civilization. You know? Totally, man.
0: That's I, bro. I couldn't say it better myself. That's literally like, and that's why I said like, I'll, we'll end this combo with that, down. I want to ask you about all your fermenting projects and stuff. Cause that interests me. But okay. like, yeah. yeah. Like I think, you know, we got this, like talk about the green new deal. Like if regenerative agriculture can be like involved with that, I think that's a really good thing. Um, Cause right now it's not right now. Everything's about like, you know, um, solar and wind, solar and wind. And it's like food. I think they're going towards more like the lab grown shit. Where it's like no
1: nah, yeah like, which is interesting because yeah. it takes so much energy right now to to grow uh you know uh, a chicken breast cell in vitro in a bioreactor sort of thing like it's cool yeah. but it's cool uh, it's like it, i don't know if it's it can feed a population
0: <laughs> are we are we biased though because of our diets like that's <laughs> i think about that all the time we're definitely like, biased we, Yeah. But whatever, man, I want my kids to get that liver,
1: you know, I don't want, I don't want them eating bugs, man. <laughs> Dude, well, you know what's funny, actually, is that bugs are actually one of the most nutritionally dense
0: no, things you can
1: eat as well, and, but they may not be appetizing as much, or it's sort of the same stigma about Westerners not wanting, you know, beef kidney, liver, pancreas, right? We think it's weird and nasty, agree. it's the nasty bits, but ironically... It's also probably the best thing for us if it can include somehow whether it's freeze dried and swallowed or mixed in right like we'd probably all be better off for it
0: have you ever had a cricket
1: i think i have in i don't remember where but yeah dude it's like once you get past the fact that you're eating a bug you're like oh like that's that that's got a nice texture or a nice crisp right or a salty flavor
0: Yeah, I guess what I meant was I just don't want, like, the future to be only bugs. Like, you can't get beef or, like – because their plans are, like, putting on, like, uh, carbon taxes or, like, this idea, like, oh, you're only allowed this much carbon footprint this week, so you can only get one steak. That's it. That's what they do
1: right now with uh, certain – I forgot what it's called, but in like the industrial market, they'll sell essentially shares. Have you heard of this concept? I forgot what it's yeah, called. Yeah, I think so. Um, but you can trade, let's say you're a your coal fire burning plant for power, like a power plant, and you'll have to buy sort of, sort of CO2 emissions and you'll buy NOx emissions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'll trade them on the market. Like if you want to create more power, like you'll trade them. So mm-hmm. maybe some system. That's literally assigning the, this whole tragedy to the commons that you're, you're polluting the atmosphere. There's a price associated with it. And like, some people don't like that. They think, oh, you know, people are buying pollution. Well, right now, people just pollute without paying any price for it. So if you attach a monetary value to it, you can hopefully disincentivize it or at least limit it at some level. You can cap it with these shares.
0: Yeah, I am – like I said, man, I think I think the future is looking good as long as people like you and I and other people like are are preaching and preaching. I think that's how the world changes. So, um, a little um less serious, I guess. So, you ferment a hell of a lot of shit, man, and like I need to get on that <laughs> game. Right? So, what 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 do you got going right now? Kombucha.
1: Okay, what do I got going right now? Yeah, always I, I always have kombucha going, and I started that from, you know, I just like to drink kombucha you buy from the store, like probably a lot of other people do. And then one day I for Oh, I went and visited my buddy in, in Thailand and he just had like this fucking jar with like this weird looking alien sitting in it making this brown liquid and he got a bunch of these, you know, glasses in his refrigerator. And I was like, dude, what the hell is that? And he goes, take a sip. Take a sip. I was like, I was like that's delicious. And he's like, yeah, man. I was like, you made this? He was like, yes. And I was like, is it hard? Like, how did you make that? And he goes, you sit it and you fucking forget it. And in two weeks, like you smell it, you taste it. Oh, it's acidic. It's done. You know? And I was like, it's that easy. He's like, yeah. So then I was like, all right, like, you know, i talking about earlier, my growth mindset. I'm like, let's, let's, let's make a new skill. Like let's mm-hmm. make our own kombucha. Why not? So I went on Amazon. I took the kind of bougie route. I went on Amazon and bought the kombucha starter kit. Yeah, so I could, you could, nice. could literally take a chunk of uh, of any of SCOBY, Right, it's the scoby is like the mother. It's the growth, right? Yes. For anyone that doesn't know what that means, uh it's the floating stuff you'll see in maybe maybe in your kombucha or in your apple cider vinegar, right? Yes. It's just a growth of bacteria. And you take that, you give it some tea, so something with caffeine and some of those like, polyphenols somehow help the help it grow, and sugar, so some yes. sort of carbohydrate source, and it turns it into what I guess it's a lactic
0: acid fermentation, or it might be. It might be Something acetic acid. Like yeah. yeah. So, but is is that a probiotic? it is a probiotic, right?
1: Uh, it's a probiotic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, like it's a pro- It's a rich probiotic source. So I will yeah, eat right. the scobies, man. I, I I took one. every batch it makes another layer. It's like a new layer of film grows on the top, and then it like it's like right at the interface. I don't know why, but like it creates a new scoby. And then right now, dude, I must have 20, 20 different scoby layers. Nice. I got three different jars, and each nice. jar has got to be at least six layers. So like, at some point, it almost becomes too much. So I like, I'll peel one off, throw it in my blender with like some water or something, and yeah. you get this sort of like tangy, sour, uh, like you like, like umami,
0: umami, flavor, kinda, like uh, maybe. Because what is it, what is how do you describe umami? Then um, um, I've heard of that. Well, I it's, guess it's like, just that fermented. Like, you ever have like a dried steak? Like, you know, that, that, that like yogurt, that, that, basically that fermented pro, like, to me, it's like what probiotics taste like, you know?
1: It's that, yeah. It's kind of like sour. Like, well, I just fermented, and just telling you more of my ferment, I fermented the other week a couple, like, like, like 10 jars of different tomatoes, peppers, onions and garlic, cauliflower, beets. Like, I just started taking shit and throwing 2% saltwater brines in it and just seeing what happened, right? Yeah. And it did It did exactly describe it. When I eat them now, they were like, I didn't know whether to describe them as spicy or zesty or sour or salty. There's like this this flavor. And maybe it is umami. Umami, is, umami. Is the that's what it is, dude.
0: I only recently heard about that, too. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. Apparently, that's like a whole other taste. It's like we have like sweet, salty, sour, and then we have, you know, like, okay. That's yeah,
1: you're like, where did that shit come from? That's cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It but yeah, so. Like a freaking- so I do the kombucha, and kombucha, right, I'll do my, you basically brew tea, you pour it over it, and you, you know, cover it in a, either cheesecloth, paper towel, somewhere it has access to to oxygen, but it, nothing can come in. Because one time I put on too loose of a cheesecloth, and I went in there, and I had a bunch of fruit flies that laid larva. in it, oh, and I was like, oh, fuck, I had to throw it out. So you got to keep it nicely, tightly covered, or you'll, you know, fruit or uh, bugs like it. Yeah. And then so after three weeks, I'll taste it. And the, the goal is for it not to taste sweet. Because if it tastes sweet, which most people are like, oh, good, it's ready. Like, no. Like, now it's kind of like a soda. You know, it's still got a bunch of sugar in it. You want the bacteria to consume all of that sugar and mm-hmm. to create more of that probiotic benefit. Once it's tangy and vinegar like, now I'll do the secondary fermentation where I pour it in these long neck bottles with, you know, these tight caps. And that's when I'll flavor it. So my right. favorite flavoring is usually I like to put these little lavender pods in, a little bit of ginger. Uh, sometimes I'll put some mint and some berries.
0: Nice. Uh,
1: the berries especially give it a little bit more of the sugar where it'll carbonate some more. Because, like, it's right. really nice to have, like, that very carbonate, carbonated, like, poppy, crisp flavor in kombucha, right? I really like that's, that. So I'll do sick. that for a couple more days away from light or just sort of you know up in a, ca- a cupboard or something uh and then you know if, if it starts to fizz like i know i'm like in prime and then i put it in the fridge yeah. and I that's just, sick and I just man out of it
0: yeah and so you make yogurt too yeah. I, I saw it have you made yogurt
1: yeah so i i was like okay we could ferment kombucha like what else can we ferment so i was like let's <laughs> Yogurt. I, just, you know, I think I was Googling ferments and like there's all these videos, really cool guys uh, who, you know, there's, there's a million different things, ways and things you can ferment. So I went to a local farm. I was like, all right, I want to do raw, raw dairy. So I paid the exorbitant prices for raw dairy. It was like nine fifty a half a gallon. I was like, this is ridiculous. Uh, but I was like, fuck it, it's a project. So I bought a gallon. I bought the yogurt culture. It's like a little freeze dried baggie. It looked like a bag of drugs labeled yogurt <laughs> starter on it and you know so you, you heat up the milk in this case since it was raw dairy under 110 degrees or 100 no sorry under 118 you don't want to destroy all the enzymes and the back the, the, the good bacteria that are already in the raw milk By uh, you let it cool to 110 add the yogurt uh, culture about an eighth of a teaspoon in a gallon stir it real good and then jar it in whatever you want to finish it in right so I use little mason jars and then the hardest part becomes keeping your temperature constant, right? And that's why they make yogurt makers or dehydrators. Uh, me, I use my oven, but you got to like, so I put it in a water, like the glasses in a water bath covered in wet towels to sort of hold in heat. Um, and then I'll turn the oven on for like 45 seconds, turn it off and just like let it ride. Because um, you don't want it to get above... Yeah, again, like 117, 118 degrees, because that will essentially like a micro pasteurization. You'll you'll kill the the organisms inside, but you want it warm enough because it's a temperature dependent reaction, right? They they yeah. replicate faster when there's a, when there's when the temperatures up a little bit, right? Yeah. So when you do that, at least eight hours. I do it like I did mine for like 18. Uh, just yeah. Get more it gets sour, more sour, more like thick. And then, boom, you got yogurt, man. Yeah, cool. no,
0: like, I, I mentioned this to you. The problem we have in Canada is, it, like, I got to get a, a milk source because I, I've actually been drinking dairy, and I got some, like, A2 milk that's, like, organic, but it's still pasteurized, and, mm-hmm. and I, I never was able to really do dairy. But I'm doing all right with that. But I'm like, man, I want that raw milk. I want that, like, crazy high nutrient density. But um, have you – you know what the next step is for you, right? You gotta start fermenting meat, man. Get that high liver
1: going.
0: Dude. I, I gotta try that too. How do you do? How do you
1: ferment? Like, like oh. a salt, like salt cure sort of thing.
0: Apparently, like with high liver, you just get a jar and just let it rot, and it just are you saying high liver? Like high liver, it's called. Because apparently, when you eat it, it's literally like like you get pretty high with all the bacteria. Like, not, like, stone high, but, like, you know, it's, like, a buzz or whatever. Like,
1: blazing up some meat.
0: Apparently, that our ancestors cool. our ancestors used to eat it to get, like, an energy boost and stuff. And really? the reason why they figured it out is because they feed it to the dogs, like, rotten liver, and the dogs would be able to go all oh, day. Okay. Like, and they're like, oh. My oh. God. So, they're like, we're going to try. i be down
1: out. and check that out, dude. I mean, you know me. I like to experiment with what's possible, right? Yeah. I, right now, I also have – I made, an out like, a homemade apple cider vinegar. Nice. I you know, you take some apples, some some, some, some Granny Smiths, cut them up, put them in some water, the whole apple, including the pit and the core and everything, um, or the season. I mean. And then I actually put a splash of, orc- of my apple cider vinegar I have that I you – know, like the Braggs brand, just with that little bit of mother in there to help kick-start the process. And you mm-hmm. let it sit, dude. And then after two weeks, take the apples out. Right now I got a, I got a growth. You'll see slowly. You might even think like, oh shit, that's mold, but it's like the mother. It's like this whitish yeah. cloud that starts to develop, and then, boom, you got apple of vinegar. You got the mother. I got a balsamic vinegar uh, starter going. Um, so that's yeah, dude. Just trying to ferment the world. I made pickles, it's uh, world. More pickles. Trying to ferment the world, dude. <laughs> like,
0: Fuck
1: yeah, dude. So and. I love the way someone described it. I think it was one of those YouTube videos I watched. But when you ferment things, it's like a second stomach. It's like a yes. stomach before your stomach. Because right, all, all your stomach does is you know, the acids in it and the enzymes in it break the food down to make it easier for your intestines to absorb the nutrients. So if you're fermenting and it's producing this acid and you're having some sort of other organism break it down for you, it's making those nutrients readily available so that when you eat it, it's easy on the gut. you know? it, It's easy to get those nutrients in you. It makes so much sense.
0: It does, man. I mean, and also, I feel like vitamin K2 is a hard nutrient for most of us to get because it literally comes mostly from fermented foods, right? Like, you can get it on yolks and cheese and you know, cured meats, but uh. I, I think the way you get – like, fermenting shit on your own, I think is the way to go. I, I'm going to get more into it. Have you ever done, like, sourdough?
1: That's funny you say that. I I like the rest of the memes on Instagram have begun the sourdough journey over this. Morning. I love sourdough. I made about five
0: five yeah. sourdough loaves. Um, um that has been so, a challenge. I, I yeah, I, I, my sister made some. I tried it. It was really good, but she said it was so difficult. But she got lucky because she had like she already had the starter and everything, so it wasn't as crazy. But yeah. Do you
1: have digestive issues with grains like before? No. Fortunately, I've always grains, wheat, all that has been all right with. They haven't upset my stomach. Um, I even went through a phase where I was just like asking my doctor to like test stuff just because I'm like <laughs> curious. And I, had to get, I told him I got because I do mm-hmm. randomly. I get like some bloating or some gas pain. Frankly, I think that's more from cruciferous and like yeah. high fibrous vegetables. Yeah. like cauliflower and, and kale or broccoli over, even over like breads. um, But, but yeah, so I actually took a, I guess it was not a SIBO test, the celiac. I took the celiac test just to see, at least if I'm not celiac, am I gluten intolerant? And I guess it came back negative. So yeah. I can handle them pretty well. I think I have a pretty robust gut, yeah. unfortunately, uh, but I know a lot of people like uh, wow. in this book I, I was reading called brain brain grain um where yeah. it was just all about have you heard of that or
0: yeah yeah, asked, yeah Who did that but yeah green brain yeah
1: that's Do- a good one dr Pal- palmetter i think paul uh, yeah yeah palmetter, his
0: thing yeah, yeah. Was
1: his his all his clients like 75% of them when they would come in and talk about all their fatigue or brain fog or just all their metabolic disorders the first thing he did at the beginning of his practice he would test them all for celiac but he said like 75% of them are coming back gluten intolerant. The first thing he would do without even testing was say, eliminate gluten, eliminate grains. And like, dude, like the majority of these if his, if their cases are coming back. They're their, their clients would come back and be like, Oh yeah, I feel much better. Like I haven't felt this in years. My energy levels are back. My libido is back. All this shit is back. My, okay. my aches and pains are gone. And he's like, just from eliminating gluten he's like way more people in this country are gluten if it's not celiac they're either gluten intolerant or gluten
0: sensitive and yeah i wonder man like i'm i i'm gonna see i'm gonna try my vegetables in the garden that we get like grow and i'm gonna try like the tomatoes which like i normally can't do well uh zucchini which i normally can't do well with because they're like high lectin right but i'm starting Mm -hmm. to wonder if it's only the anti-nutrients or the lectins or it's the fact that these are coming from like you know, with all the pesticides and herbicides and all this shit yeah. that's grown with it. Like, I wonder because I tried my sister's bread and I'll even go to like non-sourdough bread. Like my buddy's mom, every Christmas, she makes like homemade bread and I'll have a sandwich with that. And it I don't feel nearly as bad as even if I get like a Kamut bread or a spelt bread or any of these ancient grain breads at like a store. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's yeah. really, a lot of it has to do with where, like how it's grown, where it's coming from and stuff like that rather than only, like, oh, there's a lot of lectins in this, so I can't eat it, or it makes me feel bad. Yeah, it's definitely
1: it's definitely hard to weed out, just like you're saying. Like, that's been my biggest problem with, with health is, like, yeah, how do you figure out what's causing what? You know, or when I tell people, like, so I consume, like, adaptogenic medicinal mushrooms, right? So the yeah. chaga, lion's mane, reishi, uh, turkey tail. And sometimes I'm, like, people say, hey, you know, what benefits do you see? I'm kind of like, I think it's just part of my routine at this point. Like
0: you know, I look
1: at it, like I feel vital and I feel my health is robust. Like the mushrooms are just one ingredient in that I can't weed out. Oh, you know, my arms feel stronger. Cause I'm drinking, I'm drinking lion's mane. You know, like it's, it's hard to differentiate. Is it the, is it my, you know, quality meat that I'm including? Is it my limitation of sugar or is it my medicinal mushrooms? Or my fermented foods, or is it all of these things? Sort I of. I think it's all of sort them.
0: Of, man.
1: And and that's the hard part because when people are like, "Well, what should I include?" And I'm like, "You got to start experimenting, I guess." Yeah. Like, it's, it's what we're all doing, right? We're just like, yeah. if become more aware of what triggers. Like, if you can, if you can confidently say, "Yes," when I eat zucchini, with the skin or whatever, like, I my stomach gets upset. I get bloated. I get gassy. Or I get fatigued or I get brain foggy like if you can attach the symptom down the road to whatever the cause was like that is diet that is figuring out what's unique to you
0: yeah and then I think this segues into the next thing um so we both have like kind of on a carnivore diet type thing but like nowadays I can't really say I'm on a carnivore diet anymore because I am adding in other stuff and people ask me like oh like some people Will be like, oh yeah, so you cl- clearly the vegetables aren't aren't bad for you, blah blah blah. Like you have to add them in. It's not sustainable. And I said, to be honest, I know that I can eat straight nose-to-tail carnivore and get all my nutrients and everything from that. But for me, I was just kind of like, I got bored, man. I was just like, if I can add another stuff, like I'm for that. Plus, like, there is you can get great benefits from eating plants. It and it's just kind of like. So I guess my question was: Do you think the carnivore diet works for people because it's eliminating plants, or do you think it's more that animal foods are way more nutrient dense?
1: Dude, I kind of think both of those are true.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and again, I'm probably biased. I'm like listening to Carnivore Code <laughs> Man by Saladino. Like, it, like this whole this whole transfer transformation I've had over the last two years and how I look at food. And what's good for me and what's bad. Like it started off in like the keto world and learning like the first lesson I learned there was like, fat isn't bad. Like yeah. I grew up always hearing fat was bad. Don't replace butter with margarine and, or like, you know, like all these the things I look back now and I kick myself for yeah. it's just so wrong. Uh, so I learned, yeah, fat is good. And then after fat is good. Okay. Well, what else is good? And well, what else is bad? Okay. Well, plants are good, right? Like yeah. what the health told me meat causes cancer.
0: Yeah, And then I'm like,
1: okay, let's, let's go vegan for a week. And then I was just like, I can't do this. I miss the protein. I miss the meat. So like, I just slowly over time started to realize like, dude, I never feel better than when I eat like a, like a full fat ribeye. And I don't yeah. need anything else for that meal. I'll eat like an 18 ounce ribeye with nothing else. Just salt no. and then you put some butter, more butter on it, more fat. And I feel, I don't feel bloated. I, feel, I don't even feel full, dude. I just feel satiated. Like, I'm yeah. not craving anything after that. And, like, I honestly don't know if I can say the same thing about eating a big ass salad. You no, know?
0: Fuck that shit, man. Honestly, I hate and, it.
1: And whether I it's organic, that, yeah, whether it's organic or whether. Because, look, wrong, when I make salads, I fucking make some salads, man. Like, I go spinach, romaine, I put nuts in, I put berries, I put herbs, I put cheese, I put seasonings. Like, I make it a good salad and those are delicious, right? But like, you you give me a steak or you give me that salad, like I'm probably going to pick a steak. (laughs) Um, And like you said, is it the elimination of the plants that make us feel better? Or is it that meat's actually better? Like, I think we can fairly say uh, that, like, I mean, they've done nutritional profiles over these foods, like eating a nose to tail carnivore diet where you're including bone broth and organ meats. And just like the whole animal into your diet, like it is a more nutritionally dense diet. You're getting more of the correct amino acids, the, you know, the methionine glycine ratio. If you're conscious of that, like you're taking care of the potential downfalls. You're, you know, you're making sure you're getting your salt in you and you're eating a lot of fat. Like you're going to feel fucking good, man. And you're going to not have any of these lectins and oxalates and phytic acids that could potentially be taking your nutrients from you. Like you're, it isn't, it is an elimination diet. But, like, elimination diets are used for a reason to, you know, sort of calm the body down, calm the digestion system down, and then rebuild it back up again, more robust, where you can eventually mm. maybe tolerate some plants. But, again, so I'm, I'm kind of like you, where, like, you know, right now say my mom's, like, they eat, like, a regular standard diet. So, like, I come in, I start introducing some of my things in, but I take on some of their practices as well of, of eating more, maybe, yeah, salads or, you know, roast some veggies, or, you know, I always eat avocados. I think avocados is like this, the best plant food that I I, eat. I totally
0: agree with um, I'll yeah. just interrupt. The thing with avocados for me, Good. this is my lefty social justice warrior side of me. I don't eat avocados unless I'm in California, because there's like a cartel with avocados going on in Mexico, and like Dude. transportation and all that shit, and I'm just like, I'll take a stand. But I say that, but every once in a while, someone gives me an avocado anywhere. I'll, I'll eat it. I totally agree. I think yeah, that's
1: yeah, that is. I've, that's a super I've heard thing. of that as well. Like, which is funny because like that's another great point you just kind of brought up that like you can eat for health, you can eat for environment, you can also mm. people eat for like social reasons, right? Yeah. that's like I guess why most vegans, or a lot of vegans, ethically don't like. They think you know, murder is wrong, and like let me, yeah. let me eat something without a face sort of thing so there's so many angles that play into like why yeah. we, eat what we eat
0: I think that's what we that's spoke about cool. a bit last time I saw you at White Oak Cell. I think we spoke about that a bit and in a good convo and you brought up like that is the one thing about veganism that I kind of understand. and then I was kind of like you know what that, it's like even if they keep people that choose to go vegan and they're doing it for ethical or for social reasons and maybe they don't know the whole story but they think they do which is good so they're making that conscious decision and it's like do I do I agree with it? Hell no! Because I've seen what going vegetarian or vegan can do to people. Mm. But teach their own. You it's know, better like,
1: than the than the yeah. It's better than the unconscious consumer, right? Exactly. The one that just eats whatever is in front of them, eats whatever's most convenient, whatever tastes good, without any regard for where it came from, how it was raised, what impact it has. Like, we have the convenience of being able to live like that, but like yeah. the sort of the accumulation of all of us making that decision is what is causing the problem.
0: Dude, sure. um, I got a question for you, man. So you, you're saying like you're the oddball in the group in the sense like you're the like the health conscious, like eats a certain way compared to your other buddies. But have you noticed yeah, your friends kind of like getting influenced by this? Because I've noticed like, I got this one buddy and he was the first ever guest I had on the podcast. Pretty healthy in sense, like he's got decent body composition, um, doesn't really get sick a lot. Uh, but then you look at this guy, he smokes like a pack a day, like he drinks, oh, no. like he's pretty much a social alcoholic, like he'll admit that. But then like, <laughs> you look at his diet, nothing special. But then like, you look at me like, yeah, this guy is way healthier than my other buddy who like, eats salads a lot. And then I started, once I got into this, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to listen to this guy a little more and just see, like, what he does. So I said to him, Yo, bro, what do you have for breakfast? And he's like, you know, come to think of it, man, I skip breakfast every day. I'll eat at 12. I'm like, so you're intermittent fasting just naturally. He's like, yeah, man. Like, I, I, he's like, I just don't see the point in overeating or eating a lot. And I'm like, and then it's like he plays a lot of sports. And then he's like, yeah, when I was a kid, man, you know, I used to always be, like, rolling around in the dirt. And my parents were, like, good – they just let me go on all this stuff and then you, you listen you're like oh shit this guy actually has really healthy practices along with really unhealthy and that makes him healthier than the person who like you know is eating all these veggies and shit and I'm just like that's interesting. and nowadays though now he'll, he came to me the other day cause he had shingles and he was like you know I was reading up on shingles apparently red meat's good for you so he started eating more steak and now all of a sudden he's like yo bro um, I think I'm gonna do like steak a day and all that. Now, <laughs> then, now he's like, "Yo, what's the deal with that farm? You get the meat from?" He's like, "Maybe I might want to get some stuff." And then, and then I'm just like, "Holy shit!" And now this it's on the like, path, man. He's on the path, and it's like, no one is going to go the strict carnivore out because now I'm not even doing that anymore. Like, I'm still mostly yeah. animals, but I, I start to realize like it's not, it's not about strict carnivore, like Paul says it in the book, like carnivore-ish. Like that's just, yeah, sure. that's just, to me, that's the most sustainable diet. Eat a lot of meat and then add whatever else you want. It doesn't make you feel like shit, you mm-hmm. know? So, but yeah, have you noticed oh, that? With
1: your Dude, it's so funny you said that because yeah, I'll have all my friends who like, you know, when they were coming to my apartment and they would see, you know, my one friend Megan would be like, you have aliens growing in your apartment, my kombuchas <laughs> and my, all my, all my jars of things. She's like, you're a crazy person. And I'm like, all right. This is the girl who you know thinks like dude, all she eats is a process everything sort of thing. Like yeah. me making my own food. Like she doesn't like the 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 sight of raw meat or or you know anything that resembles an animal. It's like it's like which is so common. People separate themselves so much from the fact that oh, an animal died for me to eat this chicken breast. You know, and like a chicken breast was once attached to a chicken, <laughs> um, but. But yeah, that like those same people will, you know, message me and be like, uh, "Hey, so our vegetable oil is bad for me. Like, should I not <laughs> be <laughs> eating canola oil? And like, and and why?" And then I'm like, "Ah, oh. like." So they will kind of criticize, but it's almost like because it's like it's ch- it's challenging their own way of thinking and, and 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 like believing what is what in the world seeing me doing this like it's weird to them but like it like sparks that curiosity in their brain that like next time their stomach hurts or they look at themselves in the mirror and they're not happy and they go well mason looks pretty happy and he's in pretty good shape what's he doing differently is it working okay like and then that's like their small bit of putting their ego aside and messaging me and being like you know i have one buddy who randomly messaged me shit like is rice bad for me (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> like the
1: most the most general like is rice bad and i'll just be like okay that's like a that's a deep question man like it might not be bad but it may not be just a, you know it's not like a superfood. it's a calorie but you know white rice versus brown rice and like there's so many elements rice, to it i'm like if it works like, for you no but are there better foods probably
0: probably yeah like the funny thing about my buddy too the one there that now is like he's not carnivore but he's all about steak and all that but, like, the funny thing about him, too, it's, like, I would think about, what did this guy actually eat? And, yeah, he'd order, like, fast food, and he'd eat that once in a while. But I actually thought about his diet, and it's, like, this guy mostly eats animal foods, and on occasion he'll have processed foods. And then he he would always be, like, you know, I like a good salad. but he's, like, you know, I really don't eat that much vegetables. And he used to be, like, man, I should really eat more fruits and vegetables. But then when I started doing this shit, he's, like, I don't need to eat more fruits and vegetables. And now he's just eating steaks and he's got like a routine going. You know what I mean? And now yeah. you know another thing too, yeah. not related to nutrition, but I found out this guy the other day, he's like, you know, I've been always like spending at least 10 minutes a day to like recap my day and know what I'm doing and then thank myself. And I'm like, bro, you have a gratitude practice? He's like, yeah, and the doing it since a kid. And I'm like, shut the fuck up, bro. And then he'll he'll have his cigarette. Oh and now <laughs> <he's burger> it <in. laughs> like, don't dude, that's funny, like, that's
1: funny. Yeah, he's smoking a cig, just like thinking about how happy, like, ha- like happy he is about his life. And he's just like, man, this is good. Life is good.
0: And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? And then when all this coronavirus shit started happening, and all these like, I guess you could say conspiracies or things getting thrown into the forefront. He's like, yeah, man, I, I, I've been looking into this for three years. And I'm like, who the fuck are you, bro? Like, <laughs> all right, That's man, great. Um, I love that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, bro, it's crazy. Um, all right, man, yo, I, I need to get – like, how long – when do you move to D.C.?
1: I move to D.C. probably
0: sometime in the next
1: two to three weeks or so. It's, I'm basically waiting oh, on the, my office up there to, to open up.
0: I'm definitely going hit, to hit a – uh dc i gotta go to atlanta i gotta go to dc whenever the hell i'll be able to go to the states i'm i'm, I'm out of here freaking you know paul's yeah, moving man. to austin right eh? paul's moving to texas is he yeah dude crazy just uh yeah. change it up yeah i i think it's just because California's it? California's not looking good for business right now unfortunately like joe rogan might even uh, move to texas it's crazy but, but yeah, then def- spot huh we gotta hang out in DC, man. We'll do a we'll do a in person podcast like next time I see you, and we could just ferment shit and everything. That'd be dope. Hell yeah, man! Yeah, I'll bring some of my fermented shit. Bro, I need Let's to. I, 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 I miss White Oak Pastures meat too. Like, I like my farm near me, but White Oak Pastures, holy fuck, guys! If you're in, uh, really order from them. <laughs> yeah,
1: White Oak Pastures, Plus in Georgia, baby. I'll yeah, uh, I'll make sure to update you on some of these these beef tongues and pancreases and shit that I make from them.
0: Yeah, bro. Um, okay. So for people that want to find you like message you and shit like that, like where can people find you like online if you want to give out that info? Yeah,
1: Instagrams? Yeah, that's all good. I mean, I'm no expert in anything, by the way, you disclaimer, you know, I'm not an influencer or anything. I just enjoy oh. sort of learning and figuring out, weeding through all the, all the health stuff. And I'm always happy to talk about this sort of stuff, even with like, even with vegans. To see like hey like you know what is your view on that why um but yeah Instagram my handle is Totrillin. It's kinda of confusing but T O T R I L L E N. My last name's Tatri and I, yeah. I don't know the word the word like trill always resonated with me for some reason. It's like yeah. it's like true and chill and real. But so it's Totrillin on Instagram. It's me.
0: Yeah dude check him out he's like as you can see with this podcast Mason's just a straight up dude like when I met you at White O'Fashions, I'm like, yeah, I like this guy. But I miss the stash though. You used to have, like, this really nice Oh, stash. my
1: stash, dude. I got a little baby stash coming in. Whoa,
0: whoa. Yeah, yeah, it's coming back. Man. <laughs> but I, I remember seeing, I'm like, yeah, I like this guy. He's cool. But um, Okay, so <laughs> last question. Um, I'll try to explain it. I'm getting better at explaining this. So it's called the Health and Swell podcast. Swell is kind of like the health part. I mean, what we've just been talking about. That's, like, my nerdy, it's what I love talking about, but. The swell part is kind of like my balance in the sense, like before I got into health and nutrition, dude, I'm the dude that's at the bar fucking chugging beers and just being weird, having a good time. So I try to keep that. That's like my, I want to be that guy that like, yeah, you could talk to me about health, nutrition, returning to agriculture, all these non-fun stuff. But I'm still that guy that you can hang out with and maybe I won't be having a beer with you all the time, but I can still, I can party with the best of them. And have fun yeah so it's kind of like my balance so the question that I ask everyone at the end is like what's your definition of a swell life so like a happy like what what's your individual definition of that
1: that's funny because dude I'm oh, you know without repeating you I'm probably exactly the same as you like yeah. I live that same sort of juxtaposition of lives where I'm a Coast Guard officer who wears a uniform and you know is proper and educated and, and blah 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 but then yeah I like to party with the boys like I grew up a little Mm -hmm. little degenerate almost like just messing around and like getting getting into trouble yeah like and and that's probably the you know I didn't actually know that about about your name which is really cool um because because yeah man like that balance is so key like being able to have you know a meditation practice in the morning like I do but then also going and yeah, meeting friends for drinks or, you know, playing sports with my brother, cooking with my family, like just having, having more to your life than just like the shit you read. So definitely yeah. like doing, I think is the, is the key there. Like doing, not just reading, you know, mm-hmm.
0: taking action.
1: Cause a lot of people, they don't take a lot of action. They don't, they don't create and add value to the lives around them. And they kind of wait for someone else to do something and then just maybe respond to it or criticize. Right it's like it's like nah be a little more vulnerable and go out there and limb and ferment some shit because <laughs> yeah. why not you know
0: i love it dude and, yeah man i think that's why we, we bond so well man because everything you just said like that's how i grew up man i was pretty much a bit of a degenerate we used to just play sports and like I, we were we weren't a bad group, but you know we were we weren't the the nicest i guess you could say like we we were a little we were, rough around the edges clean up
1: but, we weren't cleaning up trash on the highways or <laughs> volunteering at homeless shelters, but we also weren't, you know, robbing homes.
0: That's it. It's like that. I love it, man. All right, Mason, I can't wait to. Uh, I can't wait to see you in person, man. Wherever the hell I'll be, able to leave Canada. It's fucking nuts, right yeah, now. Yeah, for real, man. Yeah, but uh, thanks so much for doing this, man. And uh, I can't wait to see you soon, man. Yeah, dude. Thanks for having me on, man. I enjoyed it. All right, bro. So I'll see you soon, man. All right. Peace, man. Yeah,
1: Later. Dude. Peace and love.
0: life is crazy right now guys but you know what always be prepared and always have a good spirit and a good energy you know Mason and I uh we share a similar uh personality trait, I guess you could say you know we uh kind of juggle this uh life between you know having fun hanging with the boys crushing a couple of brews stuff like that and also being really into like health and nutrition so hope you learned a lot from uh, mason it was a really fun conversation for me and i can't wait to go hang out with this guy in the future so thank you again for supporting the health and swell podcast as we near the end of season three just remember to keep swell and also go follow me on patreon and all the social medias i'd appreciate it peace